Yeah. This is Good Morning Liberty. Well, what is up, all of our Liberty-loving friends? This is another fantastic episode of Good Morning Liberty. My name is Nate Thurston, and across from me is Mr. Charles Chuckles Thompson. How's it going today, Chuck? I haven't been called that in a long time. Quite a bit, huh? Yeah. I probably haven't called you that in in 15 years or so. (laughs) It's, Uh, It's been quite a long time. Yeah. How's your day going, man? Oh, wonderful. I'm just living the dream. An amazingly every day's, beautiful day. Every day is a dream. You know, it, I got every, I have the white pill hangover. You're just so just happy. So happy from yesterday and all the good news we were talking about that I'm ready to be to dive into the bad news again. We're I'll tell you what, <laughs> we're going deep today. We were gonna talk about Biden's speech. I watched the whole thing this morning, got clips of it, all sorts of stuff. And Then I also read a couple articles on some other topics, and I was like, you know what? We got more important things to talk about than make make fun of an old man Mm -hmm. who clearly is not here. That'll be for Friday. (laughs) So instead... Plenty of dumb bleeps from one speech. (laughs) So instead, we'll be talking about some way more important things. How are you feeling? That's, That's important. Terrible. Um, really, they called me this morning and said no show, and I yeah. was like, "Yeah, that's fine. I, I may go record a solo show." And he's like, "I can't let that happen." <laughs> to there Charlie's was no credit, way. To Charlie's credit, I said I wasn't going to do a show today. I called them all mopey and tired and sad sounding. Mm-hmm. And, barely get a word out. And he was like, "Well, I'm going to go do a solo show." And the thing is, I knew that what we were going to talk about today was so important. I really wanted to do an episode and I was really felt like I was giving up on my entire life's goals by deciding to not do an episode today. And so when you said that you were going to do a solo show, I was like, you know what? That there is a sign that I cannot let that happen. I have to come in and do this show. And if you pass out on camera, it's no big deal. It'll probably be good for YouTube, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, ratings would go up. Fringe ex- uh, uh, conspiracy theorist podcaster passes out while talking about uh, Ron DeSantis, who is uh, who we're about to talk about. His leader, Ron DeSantis. His leader. <laughs> He's so enamored with Ron DeSantis. Everybody's saying fact check false on this, but this is a true story. This yeah. really happened this morning. Yeah. Now, would it have actually happened had I not shown back up? Who knows? We'll never know. We won't, because here we are. And that's the point. That's why I came in. <laughs> here, here we are together. <laughs> okay, so um, what was more important than Biden's speech, we have two main things. That's Ron DeSantis and then this new study from the CDC uh, spouting. I didn't realize that Trump that had no taken one is back talking control. about. No, no. In fact, I so so many people were not talking about it that I have brought screenshots from other websites to see what it is that they're talking about today. And this article is not included on the front pages of any of the major news sites that you would you would think uh, lean left. So we're going to make sure we talk about this. But first, from the Washington Post. I don't even see it like on the front page of Fox News. Yeah, it's, it's really weird. And that is why they released it yesterday, mm-hmm. right before Biden's speech, because then that's what everyone's going to be talking about today. It was a very perfectly timed, probably a complete coincidence 
had nothing to do with the fact that Biden's speech was going to be dominating the news cycle today at all. Uh, But anyway, before we get to that, we've got a lot to talk about with this Washington Post article about Ron DeSantis. Literally, even Fox News is just, it's latent with Ukraine president fires back, Mm -hmm. uh, VP Harris grilled in today's interview over Biden's press conference. Um, The voters in blue state have a lot to say about Biden's first year in office. Literally nothing Mm -hmm. about being right. (laughs) (laughs) You'd think Fox News would at least be keeping it up there on the front page. They're not even doing it. It's it's insane. So that's why we have to make sure we get to that. Uh, But they're going hard at Ron DeSantis right now, probably because he's going to be the nominee for president. I mean, I guess if Trump runs, he could end up being a nominee. But they they might have him in prison by that time, for all we know. Yeah, Trump's going to run. Uh, so they got to make sure that they destroy him as much as possible. Now, listen, we're not a couple uh, Ron DeSantis apologists over here. We're not over here talking about how awesome he is all the time or anything like that. That's not what we spend a lot of time doing. But I don't think he's been like the worst governor in the U.S. He's maybe in the top tier, like maybe top five Top 10 at least yeah. governors. He still doesn't say. care about you. No. He cares about being governor. He cares That's... about the power of uh, his authority probably more than more than anything. But I think he also cares a little bit about the Constitution and individual rights for for a lot of people. We'll if just say it that way. to compare Michigan's governor versus Florida's governor, who would you pick? If you just had those two choices, that's all we're saying. Are you talking about who you'd rather live under? Like yeah, rule? Which state okay. would you? Yeah. All right. I didn't know what. If it uh, was the same weather, same everything, like which governor would you choose? Okay. I got you. I'm just making sure that I knew what the if question was. Karen Whitmer was running against Ron DeSantis in Florida. Yeah. Which governor would you vote for? Okay. Who and would you rather, only- Karen Whitmer or Ron DeSantis? Yeah. That's the question exactly. Charlie's posing right now. Yeah. And he has picked Ron DeSantis. All right, you go have ahead. To punch, and- kill, and <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. All right, go ahead with the Washington Post thing, and I'm going to be interjecting with facts on facts on several times. Facts on facts, trying yeah. to play the other facts from the Wapo. Thanks, Jeff. What a kind guy. After stepping down from Amazon, just. Yep. <laughs> sending us these articles in Florida. Ron DeSantis is creating a paradise of authoritarianism. So be wary folks in recent days, DeSantis and his allies have been particularly active as though they're accelerating their effort to pull Florida toward a particular brand of authoritarian conservatism. <laughs> we begin with voter fraud which is vanishingly rare in Florida as it is everywhere. This week, DeSantis proposed the creation of an office of election crimes and security answerable to him, which would roam the state looking for phantom voter fraud. Phantom. It doesn't exist. There's it's not any at all. Mm, it's, no, yeah. They're just going to roam the state looking lose. for phantom voter. They don't even want to find actual voter fraud. They're just looking for phantom mm. voter fraud. Yeah. yeah. Now, hey, I can you find pretend voter fraud? Is it does it exist here? No? I guess not. No, we didn't find any phantom voter fraud, so we're good. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, DeSantis's bill to whitewash the U.S. legacy of white supremacy is moving through the legislature. It passed the state Senate committee on party lines and is no doubt headed for his signature. 
which is what? <laughs> what bill is he is the what what is the whitewashing bill? It's called the what it's called the whitewash of US legacy of white supremacy bill. It must yeah. HB thirty one. Must be. Yeah. One fascinating aspect of the rights war on the teaching of history in the name of stamping out critical race theory, which doesn't exist, but it does here, um, is how much concern many conservatives have expressed over the feelings of white students. The, mo- the mere possibility that a white student somewhere might learn about racism and feel bad has them frantically drafting legislation to forestall such a horror. <laughs> yeah, because you shouldn't be teaching kids to feel bad about themselves for something they never did. Yeah, that's uh, that's crazy stuff. I mean, that's your white supremacy talking right there. You don't God. realize it, but that's what's happening. Every night after my son says his prayers and he says amen and a woman because he's inclusive, mm-hmm. uh, I tell him about the atrocities that he's responsible for. <laughs> and his, he's five and he yeah. starts crying profusely. But I want him to dream about that all night. To just think about what son, he did wrong. And I said, son, I know you didn't do this specifically. Like you didn't actually have a whip, mm-hmm. you know, and, and put people in chains. Yeah. However, you should know because of your whiteness, you are still responsible and you should feel so horrible about it. I want you to have scary dreams tonight. Yeah, that sounds totally reasonable to me. That way I can have a woke house and yeah. my five-year-old can feel all the terrible feelings that he deserves to feel for what his great, 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 great ancestors did. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's his fault. So, Absolutely. It is. Oh God. The census's bill is one of them, by the way, this is part of the rights war on, uh, in explaining what kind of discussions it wants to ban. It reads an individual should not be made to feel discomfort, guilt, anguish, or any other form of psychological distress on account of his or her race. That's crazy. That is insanity. <laughs> this is that's, white supremacy. That's insanity. <laughs> it's what it is. Nice. There you go. <laughs> Needless to say, it was only when they began to fear that white kids might be uncomfortable that they decided to pass a law about it. Have we not had other laws? about people's race before Mm. the bill also requires teaching the virtue of limited government and mandates that American history shall be defined as the creation of a new nation based largely on the universal principles stated in the declaration of independence. This is, this is authoritarianism. Yeah. I've ever heard it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Turn all the North Koreans trying to get out and come into Florida. You know, I know that's where they were wanting to go, but now they're like, Screw Florida. Yeah. I'm staying with uh I'm staying with North Korea right here. They got authoritarianism over there. In fact, this just in, there's tons of video footage coming in of all the Cubans getting on rafts back to Cuba. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what they're doing right now. That's been the, that's what the Biden speech is uh, covering up for right now. You haven't seen it whatsoever, but that's it's all the Cubans mm-hmm. fleeing back to Cuba. Yeah. Is what's uh, what's happening. Except okay, they have, so they have better boats now. They actually have boats going to Cuba, not rafts. So we're going <laughs> or to floating trash cans. We're still inside the Washington Post article, but I'm going to have to interject with some actual text from the law that is whitewashing the US legacy of white supremacy. Is what this law is doing. Because they had some links in here. I was like, you know what? I might as well read the law. So mm-hmm. I read the law today. I'll just read you some. Uh, Are the, you a lawyer? T- I'm not. And uh, most people listening to this probably aren't either. But you tell me what it means. Oh, you All just right? know how to, you understand English. I just understand words. Okay. 
Yeah, that's basically it. Racist words, obviously. From the law itself, no individual is inherently racist, sexist, or oppressive, whether whether consciously or unconsciously, solely by the virtue of his or her race or sex. Uh, No race is inherently superior to another race. Number one, let's see. Members of one race, color, sex, or national origin are morally superior to members of another race, color, sex. So they said they can't give any uh, talks basically explaining that members of one race, uh, sex, and national origin are morally superior. Uh, Or any individual by virtue of his or her race, color, sex, or national origin is inherently racist, sexist, or oppressive, whether consciously or unconsciously. That takes care of that unconscious bias training. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Any individual's moral character or status as either privileged or oppressed is necessarily determined by his or her race, color, sex, or national origin. You can't do any of these things. Members of one race, color, sex, or national origin can cannot and should not attempt to treat others without respect to race, color, sex, or national origin. Any individual by virtue of his or her race, all those other things, bears responsibility for or should be discriminated against or receive adverse treatment because of Actions committed in the past by other members of the same race, color, sex, or national origin. Now, these are not a list of things you have to do. These are a list of things that you can't do, but this is all racist. (laughs) Yeah. Well, this is a list of dissanity. Yes. That's what it is. Uh, Let's see. An individual uh, should feel discomfort, guilt, anguish, or any other form of psychological distress. Uh, Such virtues as merit, excellence, hard work, fairness, neutrality, objectivity, and racial colorblindness are racist or sexist. So you can't teach that those things are racist or sexist or were created by members of a particular race to oppress members of another race. And by the way, this paragraph may not be construed to prohibit discussion of the concepts listed therein as a part of a course or training or instruction, provided such training or instruction is given in an objective manner without endorsement of the concepts. So they can talk about critical race theory still. They just can't endorse the concepts. Now, when it comes to the CRT in the schools, I think I saw Brad Palumbo tweet this out the other day, that if we just had school choice, we had a free market in the school system, we don't need the government to come and make a law saying that you can't no. teach these things. Right. Okay. So the the problem here is you're trying to fix a public school system where tax dollars are going and your, and your kids have to go to, you're trying to fix that system. And so if you're trying to set rules for that system, then you're going to set these rules. If you're in a free market, you wouldn't have to set those rules because you just wouldn't be able to make any money because no one would go to that school. Mm-hmm. And then you'd have to figure out, well, maybe I would have to teach something different. That's what I'd have to do. And then you wouldn't have to make the law saying that you couldn't do it in the first place. But that's part of the authoritarianism right there. I'm saying that you can't treat people differently based on their uh, race or sex or national origin, anything like that. You can't blame people today for what happened in the past based on their race. Yeah, that is um, that is authoritarianism, mm-hmm. if I've ever heard of it. That is. That's changing history. But wait, there's more. All right, back to the WAPO here. But race isn't the only topic on which employees of the state of Florida have to watch out when they stray from prevailing orthodoxy. That's what Raul Pino, the director of the Florida Department of Health in Orange County, just learned. 
Pino sent an email to employees lamenting the lagging rates of COVID-19 vaccination in their own agency and urging everyone to get vaccinated. According to a statement released by the state, the employee in question has been placed on administrative leave and the Florida Department of Health is conducting an inquiry to determine if any laws were broken, broken in this case because he encouraged public health workers to be vaccinated. That's why. The law in question was one DeSantis signed, making it illegal for any organization in the state, local governments, private businesses, to require vaccine for employers or customers. And of course, Pino didn't impose a mandate on anyone. His email was asking, pleading, begging the people to get vaccinated to save themselves, <laughs> was his plea on his knees and email. Not requiring them to do so. Nevertheless, the message was delivered. Anyone in public health who's too enthusiastic about vaccines might just lose their job. That's exactly what DeSantis was saying. That's what happened. When his administration put this guy on leave, they said anyone in public health who's too enthusiastic about vaccines might just lose their job. All right. So I will once again interject with a little bit of fact checkery. Right here. This is also from the Washington Post. So the article inside an article. Florida health official placed on leave after encouraging employees to get vaccinated. Now, when you read that article headline, what do you think happened? Yeah, he just made a tweet saying, hey, please get vaccinated. Yeah. And they put him on because they, they can hate vaccines so they much do. that when he encouraged people to get vaccinated, they Fired his ass. Mm -hmm. What they did. Ron, Ron Death Santis wants everyone to die from COVID and they hate vaccines and science so much that they have fired this person. All right. So inside of Which this. Which is part of their authoritarian plans. Yes, it is. Raul Pino, director of the Department of Health in Orange County, sent an email to employees earlier this month that it was critical of the that was critical of the agency's vaccination rate. Pino, a leading figure in the public response to the pandemic in, in the Orlando area, noted that only 77 of the 568 staffers had received booster shots and 219 employees had gotten two doses of the vaccines. 219 out of 568 had gotten the vaccine in the Florida Department of Health for Orange County. Less than half. <laughs> a spokeswoman for the Florida Department of Health, Weesom Corey, a spokeswoman for the Florida Department of Health confirmed to the WAPO that Pino was placed on administrative leave. She did not offer details on what led to the decision or how long Pino would be on leave, but suggested that state officials are investigating whether the Orange County official violated state law. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis signed into law in the fall a measure that prohibits state government agencies from implementing vaccine mandates. Here's the email. It's right here. I've got a screenshot of it for everyone where he talks about how many people have been uh, fully vaccinated with boosters, how many people have had one dose, two doses, all of that stuff right here in the email. And then they add on this little paragraph at the end from the, uh, the, the WAPO. A screenshot of the email posted to Twitter by NBC News reporter Mark Caputo shows that Pino may have also accessed potentially confidential worker health information. Mm. Is so, that how he got his numbers? That might be where he got his numbers from is because he accessed confidential worker 
health information that he was not allowed to access. Now, we don't know for sure they did that. I'm sure they're doing an investigation. I'm sure they have it in their system. You can put a, a tag on someone's account, vaccinated, not vaccinated, how much have you had? And they could aggregate all those numbers together and give you the numbers. Or they went through each person's health records and put that down. And he is actually being fired for that. So anyhow, um, by the way, the article title was the health official placed on leave after encouraging employees to get vaccinated. And inside of that article, towards the end of it, they mentioned that an NBC News reporter said that he might have accessed potentially confidential worker health information. That is all they mention of that in an article, by the way, that had about 20 paragraphs in it. That's it. They didn't go any more into that. Mm-hmm. Just about how much Ron DeSantis hates vaccines. Yep. That's, that's it. Okay. That's, that's what it's about. And uh, you can do this and then some of the voting, the voting rules here, too. Chuckles. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so this is back to DeSantis, uh, right there while right there back to WAPO. He also signed one of the most draconian right after this thing. So more from DeSantis. So DeSantis, he signed one of the most draconian voter suppression laws in the country. This is part of his authoritarian plan folks. Yeah. So voter suppression, anti-vaxxer, um, placing public health officials on administrative leave because they're just encouraging people to get the vaccine. This is all part of his authoritarian plan to hold the nation back. Yeah. So I read the law also today and I pulled out any of the uh, things that look like they would be controversial. And also when they add something to the current law, they underline it. And if they remove something, they strike it out. And so I pulled in some underlying things that are in the law because this is one of the most draconian uh, just one of the most unfair severe harsh measures that we have in the entire country because obviously he doesn't believe in your right to vote he's Mm -hmm. an authoritarian authoritarians don't want you to vote no they want to hold you back from voting so the uniform statewide voter registration application must be designed to elicit the following information from the applicant whether the applicant has been convicted of a felony and, if convicted, has has had his or her voting rights restored by including the statement, I affirm that I am not a convicted felon or I am, my right to vote has been restored. Now, do you think that, can, that felons should be able to vote? Um, I, I think if you, in my personal opinion, if you paid your time, then you should yeah, get your rights back. I, I agree with that, too. Now, I, what I don't think is that you should be able to vote from prison. No, I think that, and that's one thing that a lot of people on the left think you should be able to do is still be able to cast votes from prison. I'm sorry, but if if you've lost your rights to the point that we can uh, keep you held in a cage against your will, you probably lost your right your right to vote for uh, tax bills too mm-hmm. and stuff like that. You know, I'm just well, and I think they should make it here. part of the sentencing. So like. You know, because, you know, Joe says, and they should also get their guns back. I, I agree with that to an extent. Um, but if your crime was, you know, murdering people with a gun, perhaps that should be part of your sentencing, that you have a lifetime ban of losing that right. I feel like if your crime was murdering people with a gun, we shouldn't have to worry about you getting out and getting a gun, you know. But um, yeah, but some people I know you still get, get out, out after, get, after, yeah, after good behavior. And Heck, uh, the wife kills her husband. She's out in freaking four years these days, yeah. so... So I think there are, I think there are some circumstances where you can actually make it part of the sentencing. Meaning, if you're convicted, then you can lose rights 
to defend yourself and, and things like that. Um, because it's part of the constitution to me that, uh, you lose your rights when you are convicted of something. That's why they're allowed to to hold you in a cage. But then why do, um, you know, just another part of that conversation, why are we against the death penalty? Would you say? Well, because every, um, that's a good question. Because the answer is because we don't trust the government to prosecute the crimes. That's true. Which would also involve people who didn't get the death penalty too. I guess that's true. You know what I mean? I'm just trying to cover all the bases here. That is true. It's not as clear cut as we might think it is. It's not. So can you trust the government to remove rights from people for the rest of their lives when, uh, you know, we don't trust the death penalty because we don't trust the government, but then we trust them to take away rights from people for the rest of their lives too. That's true. Just saying that's a, it's a sticky situation there. Then no one should go to prison. I just think, I just think either you, either you paid your dues that justice was served or it wasn't. Mm-hmm. And if the justice was served, you paid your dues, whatever all that means, then it was served. And if it wasn't, then you should still be in prison. And if you did, then you're out of prison, then you paid your your dues for it. You're you're a, re- a rehabilitated person. You're re- rehabilitated. <laughs> okay. So voter registration application, that's a, a whole libertarian conversation yeah, we could have. Yeah. I uh, I see what you mean. I could go back and forth on that one. By the of, way, that's not like a big principle I've held my entire life. I thought of that no, while I can, you were talking just then. I so. definitely see it both ways. Yeah. And so that's something that I'm going to have to think about a little a little harder. Mm. A little more harder. A little more harder. A voter registration application is complete if it contains the following information. Now, this is so suppressive, folks. This it is. is. It's authoritarian. It's authoritarian. One, the applicant's name. I can't believe that they would require you to put your name. Do you just write it on top like an English paper or something? Two, the applicant's address of legal residence. Three, the applicant's date of birth. Uh, Four, a mark in the checkbox affirming that the application is a citizen of the United States. Mm. Uh, 5A, so they have to do two parts for five here. The applicant's current and valid Florida driver's license number or the identification number from a Florida identification card or... B, if the applicant has not been issued a current or valid Florida driver's license or a Florida identification card, the last four digits of the applicant's social security number. That's voter ID right there. Suppression. Yeah. Which you know. Everyone is assigned at birth. By you the know way. that there is a, no way that uh, black people have a, any form of ID or nor, or could possibly know the last four digits of their social security number. Mm-hmm. There's no possible way you could expect minorities to have those things. This is suppression. It is. (laughs) It goes further here. In a case, uh, an applicant doesn't have an ID, a driver's license, or a social security number, the applicant shall affirm this fact in the manner prescribed in the uniform statewide voter registration application. Yes, that's right. You can still register. You just have to submit another application. And say that you that you don't have any of those things. Duplicate ballots. If any observer makes a reasonable objection to a duplicate of a ballot, the ballot must be presented to the canvassing board for the determination of the validity of the duplicate. The canvassing board must decide whether the duplication is valid. If the duplicate ballot is determined to be valid, the duplicate ballot must be counted. 
If the duplicate ballot is determined to be invalid, the duplicate ballot must be rejected and and a proper duplicate ballot must be made and counted in lieu of the original. So they do that when they receive a ballot and it's been damaged or for some reason, it's not going to be able to be read by the machine, something like that. They can take it. And if it's clear what the person meant as their vote, then they can make a duplicate ballot and fill it out. There's some controversy over this that occurred in 2020 that there were duplicate ballots made uh, where either it wasn't clear or that were changed or stuff like that. So they're trying to set out more rules for those. And uh, they're having a board yes. to review this and document. Yeah. A county, municipality, or state agency may not send a vote-by-mail ballot to a voter unless the voter has requested a vote-by-mail ballot in the manner authorized under the section, which is obviously oppressive. Mm-hmm. You have to request it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's difficult. Drop boxes must be geographically located so as to provide all voters in the county with an equal opportunity to cast a ballot. I just can't believe. That's racist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Except for secure drop boxes at an office of the supervisor, a secure drop box may only be used, provided that any such site must be staffed during the county's early voting hours of operation and must be monitored for in person, monitored in person by an employee of the supervisor's office. A secure drop box at an office of the supervisor must be continuously monitored in person by an employee of the supervisor's office when the drop box is accessible for deposit of ballots. Now that is uh, also suppressive and oppressive, actually, and restrictive too, mm-hmm. because you got to have someone making sure that there's no funny business going on with the with the drop boxes. It's like having soldiers in your home <laughs> while you fill out somebody watching you yeah. fill out your ballot. It's the same thing. In fact, soldier, this could be covered by the Third Amendment. It could be a constitutional violation. I think probably. Uh, vote by mail count reporting beginning at 7 p.m. Election day, the supervisor must at least once every hour while actively counting post on his or her, her website, the number of vote by mail ballots that have been received and the number of vote by mail ballots that remain uncounted. So they don't want any 2 a.m. surprises, mm-hmm. essentially, is what they're saying right there. Those are the most controversial things I could find in the uh, law, That's by the way. Yeah. It's the most draconian uh, restriction voting restriction laws voter suppression laws, sorry, in the, in the country mm-hmm. from authoritarian Ron DeSantis Yeah, that I've seen thus far. That's restrictive. All right. You got a couple lines left on your WAPO article. I know you're on a, a marathon, but I feel like I'm going to pass out okay. every time I talk. So, In his State of the State address earlier this month, DeSantis called Florida the freest state in these United States. Unless that is the freedom you're interested in involves encouraging people to get vaccinated, protecting your employees and customers from a pandemic, teaching history, honestly, voting, protesting or anything else Republicans might not want you to do. Except for those things. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, that's uh, that's your lesson on DeSanity today. DeSanity. I like it. I haven't seen anyone else say that so far. You're welcome. Okay. This uh, this next one. So hopefully everyone understands what was going on with that last one. It was completely ridiculous, filled with all sorts of, uh, I, you know, it's just a big old political partisan hack job is what it is. And they have to try and get these hit pieces out on DeSantis, make sure that you talk about him being authoritarianism, authoritarian, a Nazi, anything like that, because he's probably going to be on the ballot coming up. All right. Next thing that the CDC released. 
Did you have anything to say about uh, blockchain no, I'm, voting? I'm, okay. I'm reading. All right, just making sure. <laughs> no. I nothing thought maybe you were going to come in with something from that. No, nothing to say. That would be restrictive too. Okay, I got you. So, so from the New York Times here, they we should just do a show of hands. <laughs> <laughs> so the uh, the one big Facebook. No, you can't even do that. It's honestly, you just uh, yeah. They just ever ask everybody to raise their hand if they're voting for this person. That's it. And then maybe a Twitter poll, Twitter. No, that's for people who don't have the internet. That's for sure. Yeah, you're right. Okay. It should be whoever the loudest voice is shouting in the streets. No, it's a, whichever crowd noise gets louder. That's right. You yell and Mm -hmm. you measure it by decibel level. Yeah. And you have this really tall measuring decibel level tower Mm -hmm. in the middle of the state. So that when they ask everybody to yell at the same time, I got but you. then that's offensive against mute people. That's true. And so, yeah. and I, people who uh, have high anxiety when they hear loud yelling too, mm-hmm. that's also oppressive against them. They got yeah. the point of privilege. They got to raise their hand and actually everyone just needs a snap probably, yeah. which everyone snaps the loudest. We should probably just pay everyone $10,000 to cast their ballot. <laughs> there you go. In whatever way they see fit. That sounds... It's kind of what we do already. You go cast your ballot so you can receive money from other people. Mm-hmm. That's what ends up happening. Yeah. Post-infections from the New York Times to kick off this whole thing. Post-infections. This was immunity. also done when Biden's speech was going on. Yes. So this is, yeah. And no one's talking about this. It's unbelievable. Very protective. Post-infection immunity. Post-infection. Now, if we just would have called it post-infection immunity. <laughs> That's... Uh was very protective against Delta, the CDC reports. But vaccines but, still offer. <laughs> but big, vaccines still offer the best defense. A big butt there. <laughs> they have to make sure they include that in the, in the headline. Now, keep in mind when I'm reading the data to you later, that headline, that post-infection immunity was very protective against Delta, but vaccines still offer the best defense. Now, what does that tell you? okay, you get some immunity from post-infection from having it, but the vaccines are still better. Mm-hmm. That's what the headline says right there. Not what the data says. All right. Previous infection with the coronavirus appeared to, to provide stronger protection against the Delta variant than did vaccination and a large sample of patients, the CDC reported on Wednesday. Remember that headline already? We're already coming back to the headline. Mm-hmm. But there are significant health risks you have to, to emphasize infection. The but yes, to me this is like I'm sorry, but yeah, completely an invalidation. Like, hey, we're gonna kind of admit something here, but yeah. I was I was still right when I was forcing you to get vaccinated. And they're they're still arguing against this straw man argument. By the way, we'll talk about here in a sec. But there but there are significant health risks to infection. And in the long term, vaccination offers the best defense against the virus, the researchers said. We have no idea what the long-term implications of vaccines are <laughs> at all. In fact, what we As saw... As someone who's vaccinated, by the way, we have no idea. The longer they went out in the study, the better natural immunity was versus the vaccine. You mean post-infection immunity. Post, sorry, post-infection natural, immunity. Because that's... So they're making that's the, not allowed. They're saying this because there was a very tiny fringe group of people that said, you know what? We all just need to go. This is with OG COVID, by the way. We all just need to go get COVID. The alpha. That the alpha COVID. That way we're immune to it. Herd immunity. I heard it. Now that's. I heard it, I heard it called. That's a bad idea, by the way, because you don't get much benefit 
from obtaining immunity to something so you don't get it by getting it. I don't yeah. know if you, those defeat, the mm-hmm. ideas defeat each other right there. Like I'm, you wouldn't go out and get cancer so yeah. that you wouldn't get cancer <laughs> yeah. again. Exactly. Hey, man, what you doing? Oh, just getting a little cancer. Like if once you your cancer went away, you had immunity to getting cancer. Like you got lung cancer. When it went away, you had immunity to, to lung cancer later in your life. And so you're like, I'm going to actively get lung cancer. That way I'll have immunity to lung cancer. Mm-hmm. That, that doesn't make much sense. But they're making the argument against that. Because Those colors don't float. If you say saying. that post-infection immunity offers protection what will happen is all the people out there will just decide that they need to get covid instead of going and getting the vaccine i might because i'm super terrified of shots so i don't want to do that although joe brings up a good point in his condescending way um he says you do get chicken pox (laughs) as a child because it's less deadly compared to adults that is true I, i would say i guess covid is more deadly to the elderly people than the young. So maybe getting infected as a kid might not be such a horrible idea. Yeah. But also chicken pox doesn't mutate. It's a, it's a DNA virus that doesn't mutate like um, COVID does. So we, there's a little bit of a difference there. We also do that based on what we know about chicken pox based on a really long time of chicken pox existing. So mm-hmm. now we know that like, okay, it's safe for kids to go get it. It's way better uh, than if you were to come in contact with it later in life or whatever that is. Um, that, that we know that, of so far. It also protects way. you from getting, uh, what is that that you can get is it measles sh- shingles or shingles me- shingles i shingles. think and so we know that now that's the point of what i'm saying we know that and so we can have so far we can have <laughs> we don't have like thousand year time horizons on it well nothing's ever for certain for yeah. instance there's a new study uh, released by harvard that they think they have a link to what causes ms yeah by the way which is the ebv virus that causes mono and some other things that basically remains dormant your whole life but they saw a strong correlation, I want to say, in like 80% of the cases that they studied, they all had a presence of the EBV. Um, the I can't remember what exactly what it's called. Um, the EB virus. Yeah. It's basically something that your immune system keeps suppressed. Um, if you've had mono before, the, the chances of you developing MS is like 50% higher if you've had mono. In Interesting by the way, new, hmm. new study out of Harvard. So that's the thing. What we once saw, thought was a harmless virus like EBV that, you know, causes people to be sick for a couple weeks. Mono's no joke. I think you, you lost what, a, 80 pounds. I lost 32 pounds <laughs> 32 in pounds. one week. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, you can get really sick from mono, but they, it was thought to be not a deadly virus. Your body could fight it off. It's not that deadly, so to speak. But now it's being linked to things like MS, which completely destroys your whole life. And so what we know, well, that's why I say what we know of right now, because that's the thing about science, guys. It's always changing. You're always asking questions, trying to figure out what's going on. By the way, the mono was worth it because it got me a girlfriend because uh, I like this girl and she wouldn't have anything to do with me. I lost 32 pounds while I had mono she immediately, immediately when I came back to school, it was like a totally different world. She got mono after that <laughs> immediately when you came back to school. <laughs> so anyway, there are pluses and minuses to everything. That's all I'm saying. Okay. Yeah. All right. So we're going to go to the, uh, to the actual, it wasn't my wife. I'm, I'm saying it's not worth it now, you know, because I, 
I, you know, that's not the girlfriend that I, she was a stepping stone. One of their needs. Yes. <laughs> a necessary step in my life, you yeah. know, all that stuff. And, um, I think Bono made my hair grow more. I'm pretty sure. Although it made my forehead bigger. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Anyway, the actual study. Oh, we're talking about CDC. COVID. Yeah. Back to COVID because I do have to go sometime here. Yeah. Okay. So COVID-19 cases and hospitalizations by COVID-19 vaccination status. And they went through California, New York, because it was uh, pretty bad. It was pretty bad in those areas. So we're going to go straight from the CDC study here. Comparable COVID-19 case rates among unvaccinated persons without a previous COVID-19 diagnosis. So they're comparing it to someone who hasn't had COVID, hasn't been vaccinated, hasn't had anything. So just a normal person in the year 2019, basically, is what they're comparing it to. What people used to be, which was unvaccinated for COVID and hadn't had COVID-19, SARS-CoV-2 previous, as far as we know. Uh, Case rates among vaccinated persons without a previous COVID-19 diagnosis, so this is just someone who's vaccinated, were 6.2 fold lower than just your OG person who had nothing. Rates were substantially lower among unvaccinated persons with a previous diagnosis, uh, 29 fold in California and 14.7 fold lower in New York. Remember that was 6.2 times lower for someone that was vaccinated and had not had COVID. And then it was 29 times lower for someone who was unvaccinated and who had had COVID previously in California, 14.7 times lower in New York. Uh, During October 3rd to 16th, compared with hospitalization rates among unvaccinated persons without a previous COVID-19 diagnosis, and someone who's just out there completely naked to the world, had nothing at all, Hospitalization rates were 19.8 times lower among vaccinated people without a previous COVID-19 diagnosis and 55.3 times lower among unvaccinated people with a previous COVID-19 diagnosis Mm. and 57.5 times lower among vaccinated people who had had COVID also. So they were vaxxed by Nature and vaxxed by Pfizer or Moderna, or J&J. Once again, for hospitalizations, that was a 19 times reduction for vaccinated people and a 55 times reduction for unvaccinated people with a previous COVID-19 diagnosis. For post-infection immunity. Yeah. Not not natural. Sorry, post-infection immunity. By the way, I, I forgot that I had this all up here earlier. Do you think people are talking about this stuff today? You think this is the main thing going on, by the way? No, no, it's not. Um, And in the articles that I did find, New York Times, Wall Street Journal, Reuters, none of those included those numbers I just told you. They did not. They mentioned that uh, it turned out that post-infection immunity fared better than the vaccine. They didn't mention those numbers, like 19 times versus 55 times or anything. Also... The story is not on the front pages of the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, Reuters, AP, CNN, Gaslight NBC, or the WAPO. Or Fox News. Or Fox News. Yeah, I didn't even go to Fox News because I assumed it was on the front page of that. I just checked it. It's not there. This is what the front page of CNN looks like, by the way. They've got 40 stories on here, and it's all about January 6th. That's their number one thing right here, January 6th panel. A little bit of Biden stuff, Russia, Ukraine, 
all that stuff right there. That's uh, that's what they're covering. Axios, by the way, I went to them, scrolled down their page for a bit, didn't see anything about it. In fact, the first medical study I found from Axios was a study that finds bias against black patients was written into medical charts. Mm. So they're covering all the very important medical studies that there are out I there. I see CNN, their, their number one study is the, the Jan 6 board wants to talk to Ivanka Trump. That's the uh, And big, what I say is get in line. Yeah. We all want to talk to her. All right. <laughs> we want to know. All right. And so this is... Uh, I think reading all these stats got a little lost. Mm-hmm. Okay. So why don't you just say it clearly for the people in the back of the podcast that essentially all what all these numbers mean is you were twice as likely, twice as likely to not go into the hospital. If you had natural immunity, twice as likely to not go into the hospital, to not go yeah. in the hospital. And another way of saying against that, a vaccinated person, you were twice as likely to go into the hospital as a vaccinated person than someone who was unvaccinated than, uh, and had natural yes. post-infection immunity. All of them, basically the numbers were, were, uh, were double, that was the decrease, was double uh, for people who were unvaccinated and had had a previous COVID-19 diagnosis, something that right-wing fringe conspiracy theorists call natural immunity, which we know is a thing that does not exist. Uh, In fact, the CDC published a study uh, that everyone cites of 250 patients in Kentucky saying that the vaccine was twice as good as natural immunity was. You know, So so we already knew that. All right. I'm honestly shocked they published this study. I, I am too. Now, caveats, this is with Delta. Okay, so this is not on Omicron, and this is not on OG COVID. Alpha is not on those things. So the one thing with Delta that we know is that the vaccines are tailored specifically to OG COVID. All right, that that is what they are tailored to. And when it turned into Delta, it did not do as well. And so that, those are the numbers that we have right now for the Delta. Why is all of this important? I'm not out there, and I don't think Charlie is either saying that you need to go get COVID or anything. That's not, that's no. not what I'm suggesting. Because I had an unlucky experience with, with long COVID. In fact, I might still be dealing with a little bit of that right now because it feels exactly like I did when I was dealing with that right now. I hope my hair doesn't start falling out again. Uh, so you just have lost all brain control. That's true. That's, that's all. true. That's not what we're saying. The main thing that I'm saying here is that we got people who have been fired, continue to be fired. We had the government trying to enact these mandates. We've got governments around the entire world telling people that they can't go anywhere or do anything. Uh, we got governments putting people in facilities, whatever you want to call them, down under. And uh, people getting arrested for not having their vax ports and all that. And then come to find out, you got to make sure that you're at least recognizing natural immunity. Now, we know the other reason those things don't make sense, which is the fact that a vaccinated person can carry around the virus just like an unvaccinated person can. But the other thing is, and one thing the U.S. has not been doing throughout this entire pandemic is counting post-infection immunity when it comes to a lot... it's not even just legally like the corporations don't do it either. You know, it's not just the government. The corporations don't do it. And then maybe that's because they're following the health guidance or whatever. And come to find out, there's been a lot of people fired that had already had COVID before who not only uh, might have uh, 
not first off, they could have taken a test to see if they had COVID. They had a lower chance of getting reinfected and they had a lower chance of being hospitalized. We're not even just talking about the infections, even a lower chance of being hospitalized. And so what arguments are we making anymore in favor of forcing people to get vaccines? If you've got a corporation out there saying that you got to vaccinate people and they're not taking into account the fact that someone has a previous COVID diagnosis, they're just virtue signaling. They're not doing anything based on science whatsoever. They already weren't really to begin with, but now they really aren't. The still. only exception, or at least it was, I think it might have changed, but it was the European Union was accepting yeah. a previous infection. I was saying in the that's, U.S., that's a main thing that we're U.S., not, Australia, not Canada, yeah. all, there's all kinds of places that aren't. And I think even Europe changed their mind where you have to be vaccinated now, too. Yeah, they're all pushing the same narrative. And, you, and it's got, you know especially the people who are losing their jobs over these mandates and things. It's just absolutely insane. And I say this, I'll come in. It's been a couple of weeks since I've said <laughs> this, I said it earlier in the show. This is coming from a vaccinated person, somebody who still believes that being vaccinated um, is safer, especially if you've never, well, then, then compared with getting, if you've never COVID, had anything. Yes. This is what you're saying. Yes. Because you are 20 times more likely to avoid the hospital. Mm -hmm. than you are uh, to not until you, we get new data if you've never if you've never had anything yeah um and so uh, but i still completely and vehemently disagree with mandating this stuff and again i'll say this like we have no idea what the long-term effects of the vaccine are at all yeah we have no idea what injecting a spike protein into your body actually does and so what's going to happen in 50 years or a hundred years or whatever, who knows? Um, which is why I'm, I'm not getting, I won't get my son vaccinated. I think eventually sure. just a Pfizer logo is going to appear on your arm <laughs> later on. Yeah. That's what's going to happen. NWO new world order. <laughs> yeah. That's um, what's going to happen. I did bring in this other screenshot right here, which was uh, the headline. This is a headline from CNN. When the Delta variant dominated, vaccination and prior infection protected against COVID-19, but vaccination was safest, study finds. Stop. That is their reporting of the CDC, by the way. Vaccination and prior infection protected against COVID-19. Both of them did, but vaccination was the safest. Not true. And they're the ones that are creating the new team to fight misinformation. By the way, did you see, are they see really? that's great. Yeah, that's pretty funny. I got a whole Jeez. team just talking about misinformation out there now. And that is their headline discussing this study. They say vaccination, vaccination was the safest because what Charlie just said, if you take someone who has nothing, no previous COVID or anything, it is more dangerous for them to get COVID so far that we know of than for them to get the vaccine. And you compare those two things. It is safer to get that than to risk whatever you're risking with COVID mm -hmm. and none of that stuff. And so they find... Not with the Omicron variant. It, that's... It seems, well, we don't know. But with the previous variants. Yeah. Yes. But vaccination was the safest. So that's why they say that. But their headline, of course, does not include that. And then their article did not include any of the numbers that we just went through from the CDC mm -hmm. study. And like Charlie said, I'm actually pretty surprised that they even put it out there. I had a little glimmer of hope on my way home yesterday after I read it. Because I was like, you know what, After with everything going on and all of the, the crazy propaganda and authoritarianism and everything that we have out there, 
the CDC still put out this study. And they could have just never put out the study. But then you remembered you were banned from YouTube. That were banned yeah. from YouTube. And then yeah. all hope went oh, out the see, window. see, it's the corporations that are the most authoritarian. That's who you got to be worried about. <laughs> now I wonder, since you're supposed to follow the CDC guidelines, if we can start talking about uh, natural immunity or post-infection immunity on oh, YouTube again. clearly vaccination is still safest, it yeah. says. Okay. Yeah. We've only said that like four times during this. Put up a video of like your own music with just like the CDC data scrolling. Like, yeah. I wonder what they would, they would just ban that. I don't know. They gave us a strike one time and I, I sent them the screenshots. Like we were reading from the CDC about their stuff and they ended up, they removed the strike after that, but it's still on our record though. It is on the record. That's the problem. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. You have been struck. All right, y'all, we got to go. If you enjoyed today's show, as I'm sure that you did, just know you are part of the population that is right. And, uh, man, you know, we appreciate it. And mm-hmm. so share the show with a friend, a foe, a family member, and the children. Go to goodmorninglibertylocals.com to be part of the live show. It was a great group today. This is a lot of fun. We're missing the avid Chuck Hater. In the last couple episodes, he hasn't been here. A deer must oh, have. Oh, you don't have. Yeah, I see that. A deer must have struck him again. <laughs> so he hasn't been present with us. But if you want to hate on me or love on me or love on Nate, <laughs> like everyone does, then go to goodmorninglibertylocals.com. Send your best wishes to. Pay Nate. $5 if you want to love on either one of us. Mm-hmm. Send, uh, send your prayers and good vibes and uh, avid thoughts to Nate as he goes to the doctor to figure out what's wrong with his head. And we've known there's been something wrong for a long time and uh, I didn't want to say anything, but now that he's finally admitted it and is going to the doctor, we can all wish him well yep. with his head problems. I'm going to try so, to get them a scam, a scam ahead. I'm going to try to give them a scam, a cat, see what's going on. <laughs> yeah. I just want to say a quick prayer to dear baby God, Jesus heal <laughs> my friend's head. It's been messed up for a long time. <laughs> and I uh, really hope that you use your Jesus baby God powers to grow his hair back. Amen. Your baby God. <laughs> if you all do all of those things, we'll be back again tomorrow for some dumb bleep. Hope you have a good day and a good morning. Liberty. Liberty.